0: What the hell is the name of this thing? It's Wayne World. The award-winning Evan Grant. I can't even count anymore on my finger. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, ground number one. Barry Horn. He tried to
1: get me in mid-shoe.
0: Welcome in, everybody, to the much more high-quality audio sound of Ballsy. (laughs) The Dallas Morning News Sports Day DFW podcast. I am Evan Grant, joined by Kevin Sherrington and, as always, Barry Horn.
1: I just want to say shalom, Chaim.
0: Thanks, Barry. Yes, I did go to both uh, Italy and Israel, but enough about me. Yes. Let's get to our guest. I like that. That's Brocayle. the best thing you have ever
2: said, enough about me.
0: See, you just talked over the intro. <laughs> Let's get the new Rangers pitching coach, Doug Brokale. Doug, how are you? Excellent.
3: Top of the morning to you, gentlemen.
0: Uh, yes, and it is a much better morning on take two here as we actually can understand one another. So yeah. uh, let's get right to some Rangers pitching questions here. You are taking over a staff and got to work with some of the younger pitchers this week in uh, in minicamp. And, and I know not many of those guys will figure in the, the, the staff or, or the bullpen, at least at the start of the year. But what was your first impression of the arms that you've got to work with in this organization?
3: Oh, very highly impressed. You know, as as the pitching coaches, we sat down and, you know, we got to see these guys throw off the mound. We got to see them go in and uh, we hooked them up for a uh, mechanical test and guys filtered out as they did and finished up throwing a pan outside. It was a nice, beautiful day. And, you know, when I looked at the other pitching coaches and sent them down the following day, there's not a lot of, oh, my gosh, this guy needs a lot of work. Um, the pitching coaches in this organization have done a super job and from the first guy to the last guy, I was highly impressed. A lot of top quality arms, a lot of hard throwers, a lot of guys that can, uh, do some things with the ball that, um, prove that we have an incredible depth chart in this organization with pitching.
1: So you don't have anything to do?
3: Yeah, my job and Brad's job is not to screw this up. <laughs> <laughs> no, they
2: they have really done a, a great job assembling a, a bullpen in particular for this season. And 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 for me just looking at when when readers or fans ask me uh how I think that the Rangers are going to do this year, I tell them I think from just looking at it on the outside that the difference between the Rangers and Astros this year will be the Rangers bullpen. Uh that's just a, a lot of really good arms for for one
3: bullpen. It is, um, you know, as a pitching coach, you talk about all the time. The closer you can make the game to a five inning ball game, a six inning ball game, um, a lot of success is going to happen, and we have the arms down there to to make that happen. Who,
2: who would you uh, who would you see at this point? I, I, you know, is the is the bullpen wide open as far as roles are, are being defined? Even as far as the as the closer.
3: You know, I don't know. We haven't sat down and really discussed that. Um, we're, we're meeting again in in a few weeks to sit down and go over some things. You know, just looking at it, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And and that's pretty much my philosophy when when you're looking at things for for the future. Um, I'm coming into a to this very happy. You know, I sat down with the guys. I talked to them about it. I've I've seen a ton of video. You know. Um, we have, we have five, five guys in that bullpen that can close for crying out loud. So, you know, if, if something was to happen, knock on wood, nothing does, we'll be okay. Um, you know, Tully did a phenomenal job last year, but you look down the line and you know, you got, you got Williamson, you got Tully, you got dice, you got Deke, you got Keller, Shep, Jackson, um,
0: so you've already gotten familiar enough with the job to go to the one-syllable nicknames, right?
3: Yeah, I've. You know, you, you get in, you get into town, and and n- numerous times throughout the week, you know, as as you're you're talking, you know, I've I referred to. You get messed up. I, I did it yesterday, and and I got corrected by a bunch of coaches. You know, you slip up and say Houston instead of Texas, and and uh, I wanted to make sure. Because, you know, when you when you sit down and you I, – I call everybody by a nickname, and that's the first thing I ask them, like, you know, Sadzik's on the mound the other day, and I didn't want to say, hey, Saddy, that kind of – you know, that, that <laughs> sound's a little a little feminine. Well, so, but you also uh,
0: had – we also used to call you broke when you were here before.
3: Oh, and, and I've been broke forever. You know? <laughs> Mom will- and Dad call me broke. So, you know, to hear Doug – it's like, hey, Doug, sometimes they look at me and say, dude, are you going to answer? I'm like, what? Because I never hear it.
0: You only hear nicknames. Yeah, so so if, if you ain't broke,
3: don't
2: fix don't it. Fix it. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Barry.
0: Speaking of, speaking of things that aren't broke and not and not necessarily fixing it, but I do think this is something you guys harped on last year with, with Jeff Bannister when he came in, and I think it's going to be a big part of, of your philosophy with the starters going forward, and that is the idea of pitching inside more. Uh, what is your what is your feeling on on what the benefits of, of of pitching inside more and claiming that inside portion of the plate are
3: well the most important thing is we all know that that you know the mistakes late in the ball game usually are made middle of the plate in um, as a reliever uh, throughout my whole career you hear listen you know don't if you're going to give up a bomb, give it up to the big part of the field, which is usually away. Um, so much has to happen. Hitter has to be more on time. So, you know, the the main goal for pitching inside is buying real estate. If we're going to primarily make our living away, then we have to buy real estate. And for that to happen, you have to pitch in. You have to pitch in for strikes. You have to pitch in for effect. You have to pitch in up. And that's, that's the goal is hitters will tell you, Man, I don't like the ball inside. Well, if you don't like the ball inside, then you're going to get the ball inside. Right. And the starting staff has that capability, and they're going to pitch inside because the hardest thing for a reliever is to come in and establish in. You're, you're, you're losing effectiveness. You're wasting pitches. If, if, if my seventh inning guy or my eighth inning guy has to come in and establish inside because it hasn't been done, then you know those are the games where you look back. Well, what beat us? Well, the fact that we didn't pitch in. So you know,
0: you wasted I some of your in, of... I made my
3: pitch away down and away, and he hit. You know, there were two back to back triples down the line. Right. So we are going to pitch in, um, and I'm not talking going out and plunking guys in the middle of the back. I'm I'm talking we're going to pitch in. We're going to do it for effect, and and we're going to be very aggressive, and. You, you know, you can talk about it, but you'll see it in early spring training.
2: Why do you feel like that? Because that is kind of an age-old thing to do that, uh, and certainly it happened a lot, uh, you know, in, you know, in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and it seemed like it, uh, the pitchers got away from that. Uh, do you feel it's because guys are just afraid of, of, of hitting uh, hitting the, the batters and they don't want to give up that, uh, that base runner?
3: You know w- – we talked to some of the players about that, and the first thing they said, "Well, you know, that, you know, if I happen to hit the guy, it's my earned run. I don't care about your ERA. Your AR, your ERA is is not important to me as your as your pitching coach. Wins and losses, and you're going to have a lot more wins if you're pitching inside. And if you happen to hit a guy, you know, my theory when I talk to the guy is, listen, if they don't want to hurt, it's their fault if they don't get out of the way. You know, and Obviously, we're not talking about pitches that that are centering guys up in their back. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about pitching inside. And if a guy wants to dive out and get hit in the elbow or or get hit in the rib cage because he's, you know, his upper body ends up near the black of the plate, then he's going to have to learn. Hey, if if I don't want to hurt and I don't want to have have the opportunity to maybe get hurt and be out, then you're going to have to stop trying to cover the entire outside part of the plate.
0: The the thing about pitching inside to me that's always been um, kind of uh, hard to grasp uh, and I think it's hard to grasp for, for some pitchers is the idea of pitching inside for effect and you talk about not necessarily going out and hitting guys in the back but I do think it, it, it's tough for a pitcher to pitch off the plate inside um, and kind of get away with it and, and uh, How difficult is that to actually uh, effect?
3: It's not that, honestly, you know, when when we were talking about it, I said, well, I didn't have a problem doing it. And and, and the other coaches know I didn't have a problem doing it. And I asked Brad because Brad Holman pitched inside. Mm -hmm. And, you know, pitching inside is a mentality, but it's a mentality that you have to get from day one when you get to spring training because. If we don't and all of a sudden we get to big league season, what what's going to happen is everybody's going to assume like, oh oh two, well, they're head hunting. No. From day one, we're going to establish it. day one, we're going to get our fears out of the way. Um, you know there's a lot of things we can do. We've got dummies. Uh, there's you know out out there in, in Arizona, just like all over the world, Police stations have riot gear, and if I have to go get riot gear and put riot gear on and stand in there and say, hey, get the ball here, if it happens to get yanked inside, you're probably going to hit me. It's not going to hurt. I don't want one of my guys standing there to do it, but I'll do it. It's riot gear.
1: But but isn't there a mentality that don't the pitchers already have that mentality by the time they're 19 and 20 years old? Is it, is it, is it something they can learn?
3: Oh, yeah, it can be learned. Because I, I'm telling you, there's guys that have pitched five, six years in the big leagues that struggle to pitch inside.
1: And but, but are, are they so conditioned that, that you can never get them to pitch inside at at the, at some point? Do you no,
3: just, okay. No, they will they will pitch inside.
0: I I thought I thought for an example, I thought Nick Martinez did a really good job last year of trying to grasp the idea of pitching inside. He hit a lot of batters, but he wasn't afraid to come inside. Now that was one thing that he improved on, I think, significantly from from year to year. Colby Lewis, on the other hand, is a guy who's always lived, I think, kind of off the edge of the plate. I I don't know that he's a guy at this point in time, velocity-wise, that he's going to be a guy who can come inside effectively. But Colby's kind of an outlier, I think, in that regard. Correct.
3: And Colby understands how to pitch away and nibble and pick. But here's the other thing. Colby's that guy that will stay in the game and, you know, I don't think he shies away from pitching inside. You know, it, that's not something that when I when I think about Colby Lewis, I don't say, "Oh my God, he doesn't pitch inside." Right? Colby pitches. Yeah. You know, but for for guys that throw harder, that you utilize their fastball a lot more, that's where it comes into play.
0: Doug, before we let you go, I, you are you've got a pretty unique pers- perspective here, having spent the last. Uh... I'm going to get this wrong. Is it the last five years in the Astros organization?
3: Since 2010.
0: Okay. Yes. So five years in the Astros, or six years in the Astros organization. Now coming over here, you, if you look at the national perspective of the American League West, I think that the the, the media landscape seems to feel like the Rangers and Astros are both poised to uh kind of control the 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 race in the division for for a few years to come here i think a lot of that comes down to pitching the astros have been very well regarded for their pitching arms is is there a way to compare and contrast a little bit about what you had to work with in houston uh both at the big league level and the minor league level and what you've now got here with the rangers
3: well the houston astros have a ton of talent as far as arms and i mean a ton of talent um the thing that I noticed was, you know, last year at AA, I had a ton of that talent. And when the ton of the talent moved north, either to the big leagues or Triple A, I got more of the talent. <laughs> um, but I will tell you, if, and, and you read a lot of things. And this isn't, you know, I'm not taking a shot at Houston. I'm not trying to bolster our fans and, and let them know that, oh, well, we're that much better. But the arms that I saw and the arms that we have on paper, and the guys that we saw face us at the double-A level last year, and listening to my pitching coaches, who they had at AAA, a and, and looking at our roster invitees, we have just as much, if not more, pitching as the Houston Astros. And that, and and once again, that's not taking a shot on Houston. Um, I got to work with a ton of their talent. and And they have talent at the big league level. Sure. You know, so, but... By no means am I sitting there going, "Oh my God, we have a long way to go to catch up with with the Astros." That's not true. We're we're right there, and if if not right there, then we're ahead of them as far as the talent of
0: pitching. Was there one guy who really stuck out for you at, at mini camp? I I imagine Sadsit caught your eye because he does throw uh, into triple digits during. Uh, during the regular season, but was there, was there somebody who really stuck out to you? Um,
3: God, there was, there was a lot of guys. You know, I, I got to see Faulkner last year, and then, you know, when, when you really pay attention because now he's your guy, Andrew Faulkner really stood out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched it... Keller throw a bullpen the other day. He really stood out. And, and, and Keone wasn't part of, of the minicamp, but he was there. So, you know, obviously I got to see a pen. Um i'll be honest with you, everyone surprised me at how well they came into this thing in shape um you know obviously when when I called them when I called them, you know they did it different in the past we weren't you know if they if they didn't want to throw a bullpen, they weren't going to throw bullpens and and I was good with that because right. one it's January twentieth or around there, the four days. In that proximity, but uh, Nick Martinez surprised me. Um, you know, and watching the guys on video, it's impressive to see what guys can do. But it's more impressive when I really get to put my eyes on them, hear what they have to say. You know, the questions they ask. Um, no, no questions should be left on. You know, unturned. You need to. You need to. Ask those questions so that, one, I can learn who you are, what you're about, what pitches you like. And the, and these kids are right on the mark.
1: I have one non-baseball question to ask because I, I'm not privy to all the inside stuff Evan is. You have five daughters, correct? Uh, I do. Doug? What's harder to control, five daughters or a bullpen?
3: Uh... <laughs> Uh, neither <laughs> neither here's why Do you have... it's, it's, it's not the struggles of the bullpen it's it's me and brad being able to get with Banny and say hey listen you know it's a long year um i don't you know the thing the thing that's hard is when you have to look at the manager and say hey i know we're having a ton of success and these three guys are pitching their Rear ends off in April and early May, but the other guys need to pitch because if we want those guys around when we get to October and early November, uh, the other guys need to take up some slack, too. That's, that's the hardest part. So, you know, a pen in itself isn't tough because guys are going to tell us what roles they're going to take. You know, you want those guys to step up and capture a role.
0: And let's face facts. A father doesn't control five daughters. You just don't, right? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but you do control the boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Do, Absolutely. Do, when
0: when uh, the boys come
1: knocking on the door, do you, do you remind them that you're an advocate of pitching inside?
3: No, I just <laughs> let them know that, it, you know, I have a lot of acreage and shovels and... <laughs>
1: Okay, you know, okay. I,
3: I don't want to have to eat a human to hide, hide the evidence.
0: <laughs> did, actually, did you that's kill a, that's did a good you, takeaway I don't quote. want to get into humans, but did you kill anything this year or did you just do stalking? I'll be honest with you. I I didn't get out. You did not hunt at all this year?
3: No, you know, with the new job and, and all the video that I had to watch and the phone calls you have to make and the preparation for, for planning out how the spring's going to go and how mini camp is going to go and. Uh, I made. I think this was my fifth or sixth trip up to Arlington. Um, I just wasn't time.
0: All right, so just promise me this: you won't go hunting any sports riders this spring.
3: Oh come on! I wasn't that bad, was I?
0: No. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's shooting.
1: That's shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah, well, a a slow fish in me,
0: Doug. Really appreciate you your time today, and um, we look forward to having you on again before this the the season ends. and it's going to be a long year. So uh, we'll we'll have you on again.
3: Outstanding. Thanks, Evan. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All righty.
0: I think the takeaway quote
2: from that was that when he said that he didn't want to have to eat anybody that he shoots <laughs> as opposed to burying them.
0: That, that is my most memorable conversation with, with Doug Brocale as a player was about hunting. And I just remember him talking about the passion that he had for not so much the actual bloodlust but for the part that involved the stalking <laughs> the st- <laughs> um. and he wasn't all that worried if he didn't actually kill anything he just he, just he, likes liked, to stalk. he liked the stalking yeah um but uh, hey this is i think you're gonna you're gonna see a uh, i don't want to say a different attitude out of the rangers pitchers this year but Truly, Doug and, and Mike Maddox are different personalities.
1: So when he comes out to the mound, he won't be putting his arm. The Vulcan the I Vulcan think the Vulcan, grip Vulcan mind grip has and... gone yeah. to
0: Washington. Be- yeah. um, now, there may be a couple of times where he's He might shaking to... the guy. Yeah. Like, he might his pick hands him up with one hand. Yeah. He is the largest pitching coach, I think, in Rangers
2: history. The largest. I don't know that we can vouch for that. Just just thinking back over the years, he's a pretty big guy, pretty intimidating guy.
0: He is a big fella, an intimidating fella. We didn't get into the story of how he and Jeff Banister met for the first time, which was met with fists on a minor league ball field in the middle of a ruckus. Yeah, how about that. Um, but uh, he left an impression on Banister, and and obviously Banister left an impression on him, and 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 so I think we're going to we're going to see. Uh, some more evolution of the Rangers pitching staff. Mike Maddox did a great job here for seven years. I also think that that there's there comes a point in time where almost pitchers all, and, and players almost kind of start to – what you're familiar with, you start to tune out. Is, mm-hmm. is, is it like head coaches in
1: football? You go from the quiet coach to the – I think
0: it's I think it's that way in just about every coaching job where you're trying to get a message you, to somebody. You, just change. you go pendulum to pendulum. It's never we got an intense guy. We've got a cerebral guy. We'll oh, we'll go get another cerebral guy. What you, kind of guy we, are you? He's certainly not the cerebral guy. No, and I'm not intense either. I'm pretty much the fat, slothy, laid back guy. That's well, the well, typical sports aren't runner. we all. Yeah, and, and you don't see a lot of those in coaching for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. I do. I think the interesting thing about to me with
2: Bannister, I mean, we need to get out of here pretty quick. But but is that uh, it wasn't so much. that I think that he. Would, you see, so many times you go the opposite whenever you let a coach go. Uh, but in this sense,
0: he only had one guy on his staff last year. That was Tony Beasley. Was his sure. guy, right? Who arguably might have made the most impact of any hitting coach on the staff. Yeah, and this year he's got he's got the hitting coach, uh, Anthony Ioposi, who we have had on. We, he has Brocale, He's got Beasley. Uh, I think he developed a really good r- rapport with with Steve Bushell, who was kind of one of those—I don't want to say forced marriages, but but a guy who was right. somewhat given to him. Jace Tingler is a guy who was who he didn't know before. Who I think also had a very under the radar but strong impact on this club. He's getting his coaching staff now, and 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 uh, as Jerry Fraley wrote the, this weekend. You know, we could see an improved performance out of the manager this year, even off of uh, off of his first year, as he gets more comfortable and gets more familiar with things in, in in his position. And I think the the coaching staff is a big part of that.
1: Before we leave, I just want to remind everybody that this is one of three podcasts we're doing this week. We have a Cowboy Podcast coming up with Bob Sturm, where we're going to be talking about the Senior Bowl and Cowboy drafts. And Kevin Sherrington has has dipped into his bag of old phone numbers and has gotten us R.C. Slocum, who will talk college football with us. Right. And
0: you have dipped into your old phone numbers, but none of these 900 numbers seem to work. Hey, (laughs) hey, hey. Time to say goodbye, Evan. All right, so goodbye, Goodbye, everybody.